you're going to tell me you don't believe my story, you can give me that don't-make-me-laugh expression on your smug faces. Look, I'll tell you what. You stay put out there, I'll come to you. Let's get married right away. How far are you gone? L.A. Not many people stop for a guy these days. Afraid of a stick-up, maybe. This buggy belongs to a guy named Haskell. That's not you, mister. Now, wait a Shut minute. Up. You're a cheap crook and you killed him. So what else was it to do but hide the body and get away in the car? What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. How's everybody doing today? Cinema Parlor? Isn't that our name? Is that who we are? How you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Why are you so heated? I've been a little under the weather, but that's nothing new for those that listen. It usually happens about, you know, once a month. So that's my life. Well, again. Just living in sickness. It was like. What it dropped down to like twenty degrees one night this past week, and mm-hmm. then it was back up. It like it was warmer today. It's rough in the Midwest. It's a hell of a place to live. For today's show, we're going to be discussing Edgar G. Ulmer's Detour. But before that, Melanie, what are we drinking today? We're drinking mimosas essentially. So it's a nice. What's that champagne? This is the one that you like. Yeah, this is the Andres uh, Extra Dry. Extra dry. This so is this so is a sweet. cheap ass champagne, but it's pretty it's tasty. It's good, and it's like four dollars. Yeah, Andre, and then a little bit of apple cider poured at the top, and then I've rimmed the shoots with some cinnamon sugar and honey. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. Melanie, you put cinnamon sugar and honey on your rim typically. I always rim the shoot. Great drink, Melanie. Mm-hmm. Tastes super. All right. Well, before we get into the movie, uh, we're gonna do a quick what we've been up to section and I'll go ahead and start today and I've just got a couple things I'm going to name real quick uh, I decided to do a rewatch of Death Wish a series that I much prefer the sequels to. yeah it gets better the further you go in it's, it's, well I shouldn't say better it's weird it's it's much <laughs> more entertaining yeah that's for damn sure that uh, first one's so boring you no know, it's it's really a very uh, just just nothing movie. I don't know what else to say. It I was interested to rewatch it because I I I find it fascinating for what it did and uh particularly for the time period in New York, you know, it things were bad obviously and it gave it did very well in the box office and it gave people like this belief that there's some they could be a vigilante or someone else could to just take care of the filth in New York and it was quite quite a thing when it came out and it's i don't know the whole that whole phenomenon is very strange to me but um that's why but it makes it even more strange where the series went yeah absolutely so bananas yeah just but yeah it's it, it's it's not a great movie but uh, i did rewatch it and uh i feel the same it's not it great. embodies the american dream it does yeah a good guy with a gun always stops the bad guy right that's right yeah mm-hmm. you gotta have that uh no that West sentimentality, you know? Mm-hmm. Not a great movie. I finally finished Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I got the option to where I can restart New Game Plus mode, whatever it is. So I did technically beat it. It's been a while since we've had this segment. I I watched Midnight Mass. I didn't read anything about it going into it. I really like Mike Flanagan. Kind of within, I would say by episode two, I already had a sense for what was happening. And I had... I won't say what it is because it'll ruin it for anyone that hasn't seen it, but I had watched another series before this and it has a very similar feel, so I kind of already knew where it was going because that's where my headspace was. But I really loved it. I know some people kind of were down on it compared to, I feel like Haunting of Hill House is the one that everyone loves and then Bly Manor people were not so hot on. And this one, I don't know if maybe people were just underwhelmed so much by Bly Manor that they weren't excited for Midnight Mass, but I really liked it. I thought it was... I definitely think it's... I don't know if it's as good as Hill House, but it's... I loved it. I thought it was great. And then... I'll just say real quick that I... There are things I liked about it. I I have kind of a love-hate thing with Flanagan, but I thought it was enjoyable. There are... I have issues when people are monologuing, in particular when they are not the preacher in this one. Um, I thought the preacher that I don't know his actor name right offhand, but he was so good in this. And anytime he's on screen, I'm like fully captivated. Other than that, I have some issues, but I think it's worth watching for sure. 
Yeah, I liked it. And then I just started uh, this week rereading The Hobbit. So I think I'm going to go through all the uh, Lord of the Rings this year for winter time. Read all those books. Maybe watch all those movies. Heck yeah. I haven't really watched that much stuff. Played. I've been playing some Far Cry 6 that came out recently. I'm enjoying that. If you like Far Cry, it's just more Far Cry. It's really just more of the same. But it's a fun grind. It's an Ubisoft game. They all kind of play the same, but they're fun. So, for today's episode, we're going to be discussing 1945 Detour, directed by the great Edgar G. Ulmer. How about that? Are we sure that he's great? I am, because I've only seen two movies and I love them both. Yeah, I, I think we'll definitely probably be disagreeing on this one. I, I, I am a big fan of this movie, but that's all right. Um, we'll talk it out, obviously. Um, so before we get started uh, on the movie, I think we should probably talk about Mr. Edgar G. Ulmer a little bit. What do we know for certain, though? He's All a right. very... We know his name. We know his Edgar name. Edgar G. Ulmer. Well, didn't he uh, basically have a hand in making every great German film from the 20s? So he claims. Uh, what we do know is he's from... He was born in Austria. He claims Vienna. Many say that's not true. He just wanted to say that so it could seem he was from an important city. Uh, <laughs> we do know I, that. That was the thing. Like I told both of you before we watched the film today... That I read about him, and I still feel like I know nothing about him. I have no idea <laughs> sure. what's true. No one does. Yeah. Don't From, even know how long it took to make this film. He right. says six days that he shot Detour in six yeah, days. So, the script is, says fourteen days. Yeah, many or like of, on the uh, shooting script. And then there's other notes that say it was like mm -hmm. eighteen days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would always say he shot things in four to six days. Um, and yeah, but yes, the people that worked with him that uh, were alive said you know usually 14 day shoots so yeah. he definitely lied about that we do know that he did start out working with fw murnau uh we know that uh he worked under him and then for him we know that he co-directed a first film called people on sunday which uh was supposedly a very good film i think criterion has it on blu-ray as well which i have not yet watched it um so we know that uh, some more things we know about him. Uh, he was called uh, the King of Poverty Row. Uh, he worked in B-movies. King of he, the Bees. King of the Bees. He had very little budget on most films and made the best of what he could with what he had. His first and only really big picture was The Black Cat. I love that film. Great movie. We'll, we'll talk about That's it eventually. That's a very good film. I think that masterpiece film is, for me. It, I, it is. I absolutely think it's a masterpiece. Yeah. I think it's... It's gorgeous, it's depressing, it's moving, it's everything. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think it, it is his uh, masterpiece. And I've, only, <laughs> I've only seen two movies, but uh, that is his masterpiece. Um, <laughs> but um, some things on The Black Cat. Uh, so uh, the producer of that film, uh, basically, when the, when the movie was being made, he had to go to Europe on some sort of trip and basically left Ulmer to his own devices, and Ulmer was a fan of a lot of European filmmaking, in particular um, some German expressionism. So he kind of did his own thing. Uh, when the producer got back, he was not very happy at all, but the film was made. And on top of him not being happy about that, uh, Ulmer also um, had an affair with the producer's nephew's wife. So these are the reasons that he was blackballed. After this movie came out. Made Carl Emily Jr. mad. That's right. So this would be the last movie he ever made for a major studio. <laughs> he made a lot of bad choices. And obviously he's also a liar. You know? You like him. I like him. I love it. I do. <laughs> you like that he's kind he's of He's my a, kind of guy. Like, he is... And again, you feel... I do like Detour. I like it. Sure. But you definitely feel more strong. Sure. It's, sure. it's a little bit higher art than what I consider it to be. But... It is clear that he, after the Black Cat, it's like he's so close to almost hitting it out of the park again, but it just, yeah. it doesn't quite get there for yeah. me. Yeah, he doesn't have it's the resources like for sure. It's just stands in his own way. Yeah. And the other thing I, I, before I guess before we get into the movie, I'll just say, and I'm not the first one who had this thought, and I'm sure you guys probably do as well, but I think it's interesting when thinking of his career, when thinking of Detour, because it's basically about... A man who is very talented, 
but makes a lot of bad choices and idiotic choices along the way, only to like have that talent mean nothing. So I find it interesting when looking at his career when comparing it to Detour. So I like that quite a bit. Do we want to get into the movie? Do you guys have anything to say about Mr. Ulmer? No, I definitely think he tied his own hands. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I haven't seen any of his other films, but they're easily accessible because... Like, there's no copyright on any of Yeah, most so of them are watch them all definitely on YouTube. And, yeah, I'm going to yeah. plan on watching some more of them. I know that. I think I looked up a lot of it is on YouTube because it's public domain. Yeah. All right. Uh, detour from 1945. He went searching for love, but fate forced a detour to re- uh, revelry, violence, mystery, all in caps. Al Roberts, a New York nightclub pianist, hitchhikes to Hollywood to meet his girlfriend, Sue. The gambler he's riding with, Charles, unexpectedly dies. Afraid the police wouldn't believe the truth, Al takes the man's identity. In a gas station, he gives a lift to Vera, a woman that knew Charles and blackmails Al to tragic consequences. So, initial thoughts on Detour. I'll just start by saying I really like this movie a lot. Um, I watched it a couple times this week, and uh, yeah, I was a big fan. I think it's fine. I had a good time watching it. It is, I guess, middle of the road noir for me. Like during that time where so many films were just that, like this is just a nice breezy noir story. It's like hour, eight minutes. It's super short. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easily digestible. There's beautiful people in it. I think, again, considering his budget, he did a lot with what he had available, mm-hmm. and I think he got a great cast. So, it is middle-of-the-road noir. It would be one I would throw on again, for sure, just because of the length, but not because of, I think it's amazing. One thing I forgot to do is uh, name our uh, cast members here, so let me do that real quick. <laughs> uh, we have Tom Neal as Al Roberts, and Savage <laughs> as Vera, Claudia Drake as Sue, Edmund McDonald as Charles Haskell. Uh, and really that's, I mean, our main players. Does it list Joe on there? The guy in the diner at the beginning? Yes. Give me one second here. I don't know why I I found him hilarious. He was really funny. (laughs) I guess his name, oh, there he is. Yeah. Pat Gleason as Joe. Yeah. I enjoyed him quite a bit as well. He was hilarious. He he really was. One, a couple things I just wanted to note real quick is I thought that are different for most noirs that I've seen. I'm not like... I've seen a number of noirs, but I'm not like an expert by any means. There are many good ones that people consider I have not seen. And well, it's such a deep. Yeah, it's, it's a such a big, huge genre. But I thought something interesting that he that he does here is a strong mix of not only expressionism but also surrealism. And I also uh, can't help but think of people like the Coens in general. Blood Simple. I was thinking of For a lot. Sure. Fargo and No Country, just because there's this character who does so many dumb things, dumb decisions after dumb decisions. We covered Blood Simple last year for Noir November. You take everything at face value? Yeah, I mean, he's all he's telling it in backstory. So obviously, I mean, it's what you believe he's telling you. See, I, I take it as unreliable narrator. I think he murdered both of them. Oh. And I feel like the girl, he was possibly going to California to get to Sue, but... I don't, and I think there are some good visual, like, cues popped into the film that when he's on the phone with her, there is an insert shot of her on a phone, but, like, nothing is ever said. You get that again when he calls, but then it's like, oh, no, it's too soon. Like, when he's being held hostage in the apartment. I assume that his whole story, like, he is full of shit, and all these things that are happening to him, like, he... He has like is lying about what is happening. No, I, I can I, I can definitely you can take read that it. reading. I'm just saying what the film shows you. Like I think the Coens took a lot from what we're what we see on the screen on how they portray their characters from that. I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. Like I could see that for sure. But just I was just talking about their filmmaking style. I think they took a lot from this film and how they portray some of their neo noir characters. Yeah, I I think he is un unreliable. So I mean. I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, I think no matter I, what, especially the first yeah. guy, he, whether what he tells you happened or didn't, 
no matter what, that guy wouldn't die just from getting a bump on his head. He'd die. He would die sure. from being. And he was taking the... pills as well, yeah. which we don't know what he was taking exactly. But he's going to be left in the desert, right? Usually, and it seems like films from that time when there is like a oh, I need my pills. It's like a heart disease type thing. There is evidence that that could be what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I they leave it open ended enough, but I, I think, think that is, both true. scenarios are so ridiculous. I like and it both ways. He's narrating. I, I personally like it more if he did it on accident, just because I like the reading of him just being a complete dumbass. Yeah, <laughs> but I do like delusions of grandeur, where yeah. all mm-hmm. of it's about him. Sure, he's oh, very selfish and smarmy. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we ready to get into this? Yeah. I guess we already are. All right. So we have small talk at a Nevada diner. Loose cannon, this man. I can't believe you're in love with me. Strong negative reaction. It's a song that's played at the diner. Uh, our man is uh, heading east, hitchhiking by way of whoever offers. Uh, as you mentioned, the aforementioned Joe. Love Joe. Uh, hey, Glamorous. You need some change for a dime, will you? That's just... I mean, FYI, that's probably going to be my laugh out loud moment. I, yeah, Joe's mine too. It's not that line, but... Hell of a line to the to the uh, diner clerk. Uh, then we, we get a flashback. Most of this is told in uh, flashback and voiceover. Uh, we meet uh, Sue at a club singing the aforementioned song, I be- Can't Believe You're In Love With Me. Claudia Drake is gorgeous. She is. Very pretty. Uh, Al is our lead. Sue and Al have a romantic relationship. Al wants to marry Sue. Uh, Sue is heading to California to try to make it big. Uh, Al is not taking the news well, as she kind of just props it upon him. Uh, Al, we find out, he's a hell of a a pianist in New York. Um, He uh, plays a a nice little ditty as Sue has already left, and he gets a $10 tip and uh, decides at that moment, uh, you know what, I'm going to go call Sue on the phone, and I'm going to take matters in my own hand and travel from New York to L.A. Uh, He finds out Sue is not doing as well as she'd hoped. Uh, Al has told her she's going to make, uh, Al tells her he's going to make his way somehow, some way. Any thoughts on any of this opening from you guys? It's very, again, this movie is so quick, so like, it's, it's very fast. It's almost the pace at which you're reading is how these events yeah. happen. <laughs> it's very quick. I don't like the framing device. I like the intro scene. I don't like just narration for the sake of it. I think it's lazy writing. Because, and I know a lot of noirs did this at the time, mm-hmm. but also a lot of noirs, like that narration serves a purpose in that you know, like double indemnity, he's telling his story, like he's recording it. There's a physical device to get that narration out. And, you know, in other stories, you know, people interviews with detectives or cops or whatever. And I find that this not having a, a device, a narrative device for him to be telling his story. It's just, it's kind of lazy. What do you think of, both of you, what do you think of the um, kind of cueing you into, we're going into the flashback, where the way he does it is it darkens around his eyes, kind of? Yeah, I like I don't think the dialogue, and again, I like the acting in the film, so they do a good job of working with what they have, very much as Ulmer did. He, everybody's just stretching every bit of the story, film, Mm -hmm. anything they can do to make it, you know, the best that they they can so i understand that but i i think some of the dialogue is pretty bad and i think that's why the thing with the narration felt a little bit underwhelming to me i do wish that there was more of something with the plot that created the moment for narration to begin i don't know sure uh one thing a couple things i like from this opening when when he starts the the flashback we get this very up close shot of the coffee mug and then as the camera pans to the record player and zooms into the record and then we move into the coffee mug looks so bizarre it does i love that stuff and then i I can't say for sure how these things work but i will say i think he does a good job of having to use his budget some by showing you now obviously he tells you as well at some point that they're in the east coast or the west coast but like in the diner you it doesn't tell you you're in nevada out of hand but you see the nevada diner sign and then also when there, when he's moving from New York across country, there's just kind of like a flash of the map 
on the screen. That's kind of just in his way, using a cheap way of showing you how he's getting across country, which I think is fairly decent at using your budget for some of those things. I agree. Yeah, I like this uh, lead guy. I He's got a, a nice striking look. He looks very in place. It does, yeah. All right, so uh, Al needs uh, money. He has too little of it and trying to hitchhike his way to California. Uh, at this point, he makes it to Arizona. He hitches a ride with uh, someone who causes uh, some major trouble for him. The driver has three large scars on his hand. Uh, he claims they came from a woman. They ought to be a law against dames with claws, he says. Another big scar on his arm as well. Uh, he seems like a very violent individual. Uh, his name is Mr. Haskell. He tells a story of how he got the scar on his arm when he was a, a bit younger. And I, he, he get in, gets in some type of sword fight with a, another boy and... The boy, like, cuts his arm, and then he cuts the boy's eye out, <laughs> what it sounds like. All of the... Uh, this is probably my make him laugh, because it's such an absurd story. <laughs> and this man is clearly in his 40s, and he said that this happened 15 years ago, so he ran away from home. So it's like, oh, this, like, 25, 30-year-old dude just, like, has yeah. been living with Papa and had a saber fight... In the His yard dad was very rich, so you know maybe he, it was a Billy Madison situation. That's exactly what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Like it's just silly. Absolutely. Instead of going back to school, he had to run away from all of his troubles. That's right. Yeah, it's like you can't go back to school. Like Mr. you're Haskell. you're thirty. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I also just think that Haskell was lying. I feel like both of these guys, everybody's They're lying. They're very un unreliable. Everybody oh, yeah. lies in this film, except for Sue. She's doing her best in, in L.A. Sue's a sweetheart. Assuming she exists. That too. Could just be a figment. You never know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so they stop at this diner. Uh, Al, uh, or I'm sorry, Mr. Haskell buys Al uh, dinner. Tells him about some of his criminal doings. Uh, he seems like a high roller. Mr. Haskell, okay, so I kind of move into this. We're just, we'll talk about this a little bit. Um, as they leave this place, uh, Mr. Uh, Al decides to drive Mr. Haskell's car. It's raining. And well, Haskell made the comment, uh, you can drive a car. Yeah. As soon as he got in, yeah. he was like, yep, if you get tired, just let me know. I can take over. So they're very chummy automatically where yeah. he, it's already known like, okay, so we're going all the way through He has California. a lot of faith in this guy. There's a lot of that where people can just hitchhike, get in a car, and they're yeah. totally fine with the situation. Mm -hmm. I think that's just how life used to be. Yeah. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also feel like hitchhiking was such... I imagine just a bigger thing here because our country is so freaking big. It's true. Uh, yeah, and we don't have, like, a good form of transportation. Yeah. Like... Garbage. Absolute yeah. garbage. Yeah. How do you like rainstorms in the desert? That's always nice. Yeah, you actually will notice uh, throughout the film there are a number of um, uh, issues. Um, what's the word I'm thinking? Um, continuity issues. Oh, um, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's just... Sometimes how it goes when you're total when you're a cheap ass filmmaker. You side know? thing, but you said if she exists, talking about Sue. Yeah. I'm gonna go back to that real quick because I love the idea that Sue was just Sue was a real person that just came through the nightclub one night to do a gig, a paid gig, and then leave. Like she was traveling through. He saw her, got this idea of like, oh, she loves me because I'm playing mm -hmm. piano and she's singing, and we've got this <laughs> thing going. So she's there, leaves, goes back to her mm -hmm. the West Coast, and. He just has this whole thing of like, yep, she's in love with me that day. Mm -hmm. And he's like a total psychopath. I, I love the I feel like that, yeah, is what it is. I mean, it, his interactions with her through the rest of the film, like there is nothing in the film to suggest that telling of events is true. Yeah, the phone call, I, I noted that, especially the first phone call to her, where he's, and I don't remember the line, but he says something of like, don't say anything, just be prepared or be ready for me or something but he says that at she the says, end of the call there's an insert shot before that yeah. to where it's so awkward because it's an she's, insert it's not even like she's like listening or anything it's like she's it's just this weird like catty cornered shot of sue on a couch holding, holding the, the phone. phone but not like emotionally involved in what's happening it's just he's talking it's, after. it's just strange yeah. it was yeah, a strange I, insert he's, 
these things I know for a lot of people they may not like these these things make it even better for me because yeah, I, yeah. no, I find it I'm such... not saying I don't oh, yeah, yeah. like it I'm sure. saying that like I think it informs the story yeah, it does make perfect sense and then whenever he calls her again hello it's almost like what the hell like why do I keep getting crank calls yeah. what is this <laughs> no it's very true and it's the same way when as you said when he calls her in New York and yeah. we just get the one shot of her it's very quick and she too. never says anything it's just the shot of her it's a flash if I remember right yeah yeah mm-hmm all right. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so Al is, is driving Mr. Haskell's car. It is uh, raining in the Arizona desert, and uh, he is telling uh, Mr. Haskell. Try, Mr. Haskell's falling asleep. He's trying to wake him up and be like, "Hey, we need to put the hood of the car up, you know, because it's raining." Uh, he doesn't answer him, so he pulls off to the side, and starts putting the hood up, and as as he's doing so, like he opens Mr. Haskell's door, you know, trying to. Get him awake. He, Mr. Haskell falls, hits his head on a rock, and dies. Allegedly. Allegedly dies. Yes. And so, in a uh, bit of unrest and panic, uh, Al decides to become Mr. Haskell in this situation. He immediately decides, you know what? I've got to go ahead and hide him under some bushes, and I should go ahead and take his money because they're going to say I did it anyways. And I should take his clothing because no one owning this car would look like this. So I need to look the part. This happened. It's not my fault, clearly. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a good guy I gotta, here. I gotta do what you gotta do. I'm a saint. Mm. So yeah, changes into his clothes, takes his money, takes his wallet, takes his car. Al is now Charles Haskell Jr. <laughs> Al finds out more about Haskell. He was a swindler. Al offers... Before we get to the dame, what do you guys, what you, what you guys want to say about this stuff? So say... Nolan, you find yourself in a situation where you are isolated with another person. They die. Would you become I, that person? Would you hide the body? Would you eat the body? Eat the body? Cannibalism. Uh, Gotta eat the remains. I wouldn't eat the remains. Okay. Um, I probably would not become Mr. Haskell. I would probably faint, if we're being honest, because I so would the, have like, so much anxiety, my heart would be pounding, and I, like... Everything would so be... So the cycle cop comes through, and you and Mr. Haskell are both passed out on the yeah, side. Yeah, like, what happened? You're like, <laughs> no, we both they're... hit a rock. <laughs> we were trying to put the top up. We slipped. So you go to jail in this scenario. Well, maybe. But I might be Wait. okay in that situation, too, because since Explo- I'm down and out, how does he know what happened? We're both just passed out. How does out. he know what happens anyway? Exactly. So maybe I'm not going to jail. You think that you could be murdered? All I know is I would be in that situation. It would be up for the cop to decide to try to figure out what happened. It always is up for the cop to decide. <laughs> That's yeah. their job. I'm not saying anything. He's passed out. I'm he not going to tell him. Even when I wake up and come to, I'm not saying that he, you know, I knew that he died or anything. I'd be like, I don't know how I ended up here. You plead Amnesia. the fifth. I know nothing. That's how I go. Although, if you ever get tried for murder and you try to plead insanity <laughs> or amnesia, they're going to listen to this and be like... Mm-mm. That son of a bitch. <laughs> he knew. He knew all along mm-hmm. when he killed Stacy. He knew <laughs> what yeah. his alibi was gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> we probably need to find that body in the Arizona desert that he's talking about. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> all right. So you get caught. Yeah. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't have the. Uh... I don't think I know many people that would get away with murder, even accidental manslaughter situation. Yeah. I mean. Really? Never mind. Okay. So. <laughs> Were you about to, uh, what was that, that one show, was Robert Durst? Well, they let something slip on the mic. Yeah. You know what we're saying? Called? Yeah. yeah, your mic is hot. You didn't I know. know. The Jinx. The Jinx. The jinx. I was yeah. like, it's mm-hmm. the something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to reference a, uh, he starts out of, out of date, like early 2000s, um, Papa Roach song, I think called Getting Away With Murder. I was like, he knew. That's why I stopped would you, myself. Would you singing. like me to put a clip of that song? In I would. Right now, that would be great. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Al is having a tough time. He has uh, uh, some 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 conscious getting to him. Some nightmares. Uh, he wakes up trying to figure out what he's got to do. Goes to a gas station and uh, he sees a, uh, a hitchhiking dame, as he refers 
and offers her a ride. Uh, her name is Vera. Al agrees to take her to L.A. with him. Then we get... Uh, this all happened... Yes. Would you ever pick up a hitchhiker? Like it was a dame? No. Um, Even if it was a lady? No. I, I, a lady in need. In this, this day and age, no. Absolutely not. No. Never. No. Never ever. I, I would real quick like to talk about Vera. Get, I'm sorry. Anne Savage. Anne Savage. Mm -hmm. uh, this is another thing that I think is really interesting about this film. And other people... Again, this is not original thought, but I agree with it. Is... Uh, she is not what you would say someone who looks like they're in a, uh, a noir film, a lady that would be regulated in a noir film. Um, the way that they made her look, she... I would say Claudia Drake definitely looks like the typical noir Yeah, absolutely. Game. Yeah. So they, they try to make her look, quote unquote, homely. Uh -huh. uh, not like your... She's, she's still a very pretty lady, but not your typical beauty. On the Criterion disc there's this documentary about Ulmer and they talk specifically at Ann Savage's interviewed and they did her hair and makeup that day and whenever he came out and like she walked on the set he was like absolutely not you need to like she looks too good you need to make her look like she just got kicked off a train like like the line says yeah so someone went up to her and took like she looked nice and they just took a hand of cold cream which is this very heavy thick <laughs> greased it up oil like oily gelatinous yeah. lotion and put it in her hair so yeah. it looks like and her all... hair definitely looks kind of yeah. haggard when when she enters but anyway, I just thought I'd oh, yeah. throw that out. I think it's another and interesting thing about this movie. I'm sure we'll talk about this more as, as you're moving into her segment of the film. But there's definitely... I think that she has more to do than most women in the world. She does. There's and role reversal She's happening. very much in charge. Yeah. I, I actually really like her character quite a bit. But that's just one man's opinion. Again, I feel like her... I like I like Ian Savage. I think she is great. I, I think she's a great actress. And she's, she's good in this film. But... The dialogue gets a little. She is really leaning into that like transatlantic accent where it's very oh, yeah. like. It's cartoony. Very cartoony. Mm -hmm. I sure. like it. Ah, see here. Yeah, I do like it, but it is a lot. And whenever they get into the hotel or the the apartment that they rent, she, she is just constantly nagging him and nagging him and just <laughs> saying stuff, and it's just maddening. I got you over a barrel, Buster. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. <laughs> yep, she is very very quick. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Um, okay, yes. Yeah. So in a surprise turn of events here, uh, this happens rather quick. Uh, Vera uh, says that she knew Haskell and uh, called Al out on why he has his car and has his wallet. Do you like the fact that she... So she he offers to give her a ride. They talk for maybe, you know, two minutes or so. And he's like, you know, I'm going to California. And she's like, LA, that's good enough, whatever. And then she immediately acts like she falls asleep acts like she falls yep. asleep so she lets him get a few miles away from the mm -hmm. gas station and then she jumps up and just starts yep. interrogating him That's right. mm -hmm. and she doesn't stop until she stops yeah yeah it's the rest of the movie until she it's true stops yeah she's just going straight on it's yeah hilarious it is i, I enjoy it <laughs> uh i i like just and it, it talks about this like quickly in the movie but, but i do like how as they're going, like it takes her a few minutes to like realize that it's not Haskell. Now we can believe whatever we want, but like as as in that moment, she thinks that it's him for a second, and then she realizes it's not. So I kind of like that when she snapped into it and like, okay, I see what's going on here. So I don't know. Personally, liked it. Uh, okay, uh, Al puts uh, two and two together and thinks that. Uh, she is the dame that gave Haskell those scars on his hand. Uh, Vera is a fast talker and seems to be a uh, savvy streetwise dame. She makes a lot of good points about Al's stupidity. Uh, Vera sets herself up well to help Al to get some of Haskell's uh, cash for herself. Vera and Al uh, decide to get a place, an apartment, where she puts uh, that she is Mrs. Haskell. And uh, so they rent an apartment Yes. So what if a savvy streetwise dame kidnapped you, Nolan? How do you get out of that? I don't. You don't. No. For sure. That's your life. Yeah. You're Mr. Haskell now. Yeah. You're yeah. Mr. whatever she mm -hmm. wants you to be. Yeah. You're resigned to that. Yeah. I mean. There is, okay. There's times where he 
sorry, back to the dialogue, where they get to this apartment, where she's just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, like, doing her whole shtick, which is fine. And he, and I kind of like it, again, the dialogue, it doesn't always work for me, but there's a a line, like, as soon as they get in there, where she's like, obviously, I'll be taking the bedroom, and he's like, of course, whatever, and then she's like, I think that there's a fold-out bed on the other side of this wall here, and he goes to turn it, and she's like, do you think you can manage, and he's like, I invented it. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Who are you? Yeah, that was really funny. (laughs) he, like, he says stuff where he tries to come back with, like, comebacks at her, and it is bizarre. He says things that do not make any sense. It's true. He's milk toast. He's milk toast. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I know this is going back a little bit, so I apologize. When he's riding in the car with when he when uh, Al first gets picked up by Mister Haskell, there's a great um, another really good use of surrealism when he sees the mirror, the dashboard mirror, and he makes a dream sequence into that, picturing back to Sue, and she's playing with her like jazz band or whatever in the club, and. There's some great use of shadow in that and oh, everything. Yeah, yeah. It, I'm sorry, I'm just now thinking of that, but I just yeah, wanted to. He say had it. a full stomach. Yeah, do exactly. You, when you have a full stomach, do you uh, oh, dream all the of time? That? Man, I dream of this, that, and the other. Yeah. I can't tell you. Absolutely. The taste and flavors make it. <laughs> it's my gears grinded. But I do agree. In that moment, you can tell that that's the same person who made the black cat. Absolutely. Like, there's there's oh, yeah. some interesting. Yep use of shadow there very much oh i think like some of his shot selection is quite good i i think he does a very good job with the the noir aesthetic i think that whenever he has a lead actor bathed in shadows like those shots are very striking and quite good and the way he captures eyes like Mm -hmm. he's yeah it's good almer very much impresses me as a director with the two movies i've seen of his (laughs) so as i'll say again so yeah bear and al get a place to stay for the night uh al is having a rough time with his conscience still uh they start drinking uh vera says a line that i quite enjoyed cheer up get rid of that long puss vera says to al as she continues to just nag and at him the whole time she even nags him into drinking it's true because he's like i don't want to drink and then they drink a whole fifth uh they both decide to drink the night away uh vera continues to try and seduce al Al continues to ignore her requests. I I think there's some really good uh, compositions here. One in particular, like when right when they start drinking, Al is over on a window and Vera's on a couch, and there's the whiskey bottle, and it's basically right the way it's set is like it goes in between Al's growing when he's at the window. Mm-hmm. It's really great. And then there's another shot a little later where he's like standing right by her. And her hand is like basically his crotch is like right in the frame, and her hand is almost to graze his groin. It's, it's perspective; it's <laughs> yeah. not like that close, but it looks it, like yeah, she, right, right. It, it looks mm-hmm. like she's about to get a full yeah. handful of. It's his, really great. His bits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really liked those a lot. If Vera tried to seduce you, you would allow it. Oh yeah, she's yeah. she's very she's a lovely lady. <laughs> well, he already said he's not going to try to escape. Yeah, he no, he's Mrs. Vera. He's Mrs. Yeah. Vera. Mrs. Absolutely. Vera. <laughs> you know that's one of Al's biggest issues here. You know, he he thinks he's such a one woman guy when probably like you said, the lady may not. Sue, she is may not. A, she's gone by she this point, right? Know. So I mean, we don't know how long he's been traveling for. This we don't know, know when she really left. This could be a like, months after he quote-unquote talk to her on the phone so i don't know i don't know what the harm would have been personally in fun sex yeah i mean he did tell sue allegedly she agreed to this that as soon as he gets there they're getting married that's right Mm -hmm. but he's not married yet okay fair enough fair enough (laughs) i will tell you if um a guy that i worked with in a club i'm assuming three nights at most all of a sudden called me and said getting hitched as soon as I get there from halfway across the mm-hmm. country. I'd be like, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Yeah. But she, he wasn't waiting for that's a response. Right. Well, that happened all the time in the 40s. Really? Oh, yeah. People would just meet and then get married and all the time. Married. Yeah. They're like, we've got to have sex. Well, Let's I'd get wet. I'd probably be married yeah. 10 times by now. 10 times? Mm-hmm. Divorced? That's right. Or are you getting multiple? Mormon. Ah, so big love. <laughs> You're going to have a big noni situation. <laughs> All right, I, I found my place. Right. I feel like you would be like the head of a Mormon ch- I feel like we can't even talk about this, but it would be very much like a righteous yeah. gemstones type of situation where you're the head patriarchal figure of the family and you're insane. Yeah. 
You're insane. Uh, I, I, uh... You're marrying all these in my people. In my early 20s, I lived in a smaller town, and it had a big Mormon community. I was taken to a few Mormon events, actually. It almost I, happened. I went with, with uh, a girl, and, uh... Was she trying to bring you over? Do you think possible. That's, you think that's subtly what was happening? You know, who could know? Okay. But, you know, it... It could have happened. I'm just saying in a different life. Underwear. Wait, what? Maybe I could have. What is Mormon underwear? I'm not explaining to you the entire basis of a religion. You got a lot Wait, to learn. Wait, the whole religion is based off underwear? It's I mean, it's based it. on a lot of it's things. It's a big part of it. You got alien. I mean, people from different planets. That's right. You can have your own planet, son. You, no, everyone has their own planet. Mm -hmm. And when you die, husbands have their own planet, so their wives right. go to the planet. The wives are... You don't... Eh. If Yeah, you don't the get wives get own, moons? No. no not shit, even a satellite. Man. That's why, like... But you do get the special underwear. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that this was what Mormonism was. It absolutely is, yeah. I didn't know it was underwear and planets. Yeah. What could have been? Could be. Well, could be still. Let's not. Yeah. Maybe I. Maybe I'll read. You know, that that community is not that far away. You're gonna start a new chapter. You're turning a new leaf. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I'm feeling it. Joseph Smith is that the Mormon guy? Sure That's is. right. 2022, a new me. That's the Utah religion, right? Salt Lake City is a big. And they have to go on quest. <laughs> well. Like they go on quest to Utah, right? Like if you're not no, in Utah, not you go to a no, quest to Utah. No, no, you no. go on your. Is it called your mission? Your mission, yeah. Yeah, like, and I think it's the only the men get to do it, where it's like at a certain yeah. point. Only yeah, the quest. It's kind of like. Uh, and it's not just. Utah. I think the Amish. They yeah, it's, it's not Utah. You have. To I thought that's mission. like the capital. No, it, it's it's, the, it's a mecca for them, but yeah. it's not. I think that the big church is settled there. You know, they got kicked out of Missouri. There was a lot of death that happened. This isn't the Mormon what? podcast. That's true. Yeah, no, but it's super. Oh, it, like it, back in like the early days yeah, of yeah, yeah. Mormonism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who knows what the underwear looked like then? Oh, not good. What's the original specs on that? Yeah. I imagine it's always <clears throat> been a real granny panty situation. Yeah. A lot of bottom. Obviously, a lot of this is most of this will get cut out if not all. But so I'm just gonna say something that definitely needs to be cut out. But I'm not gonna name his name. But um, there was at least three or four kids i knew one of them uh was like full ride scholarship to missouri state and he had to decline that scholarship to go on his mormon mission and he like missed college to go on his mormon mission yeah it's crazy it's it's very similar to like the amish well, like, like at a certain point they do rumspringa which is like where you go and find yourself only i think most of them go on like party hardcore and right. like, get all of the just depravity stuff out that they think like what do they call it? English people do? Yeah, coke and trim. A lot of it. They're mm -hmm. trim. coke off of so much trim. Yeah. Mormons, it's more like they do have a quote-unquote mission that they're doing. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I mean, I went to, you know, when I was acting in college, like, one of the guys was Mormon, and he talked about the mission or whatever. I just always assumed they all went to Utah. No. And, like, that was the mission. No. You just, you find a... You find a place to go and you're spreading the word, man. Yeah. That's it's, it? Yeah, it's it's like missionaries. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's the same concept. Different people, different churches have different, quote-unquote, missions that you do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, so it's just Christianity only, like, a little dumber with underwear. With underwear. It's almost like Christianity with, like, a little Scientology sprinkle mm -hmm. on top. Absolutely. It's kind of, it's really crazy. No offense. Mm -hmm. but, well, it, but it is. We detoured yeah. hard on detour. We detoured on detour. <laughs> Loved it. Love it. We're back on track? No, but let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Vera goes to bed angrily. Al gets the phone and uh, calls Sue only to uh, not answer when she, uh, as Stacy said, uh, probably doesn't even pick up. Uh, next morning, uh, the next morning arrives. Vera in all black, looking like a true vixen. Al and Vera go to sell Haskell's car. Uh, Vera's plan, which seems like a good idea. They agree to sell the car for eighteen fifty. Vera uh, cleans out the glove box and finds something in there and puts it in her pocket. Is do we ever find out? Do we we think it was just more money? Maybe that she no. I think box? that was the case that those pills were in. Those pills, okay. which could prove that his story is correct, right? And that he's just truly dumb milk toast. True. And she's going to take advantage of it by trying to get him to do the scheme with her. It almost looked like 
almost like a cigarette case. Yeah. Like a, but it was really long, longer yeah. like a man's wallet. That's true. So I it was don't very know what the heck it was. I don't even think those pills would fit in there, but whatever it is, yeah. it was, she's scheming. Yeah. For sure. Scheming. If plotting. I know anything about Vera. Did you look up Mormon underwear? Yeah. Those are cute. No, they're not. I like that there's just... They're holy underwear. Like, his underwear is just, like, a giant cod piece yeah. that is not filled. So it's just a <laughs> saggy dick spot. Yeah, it's a disappointment, is what it is. <laughs> it's immediately a disappointment. Guys, if a your... guy pulls down their pants and that's what you see, I don't care what your preference is, anyone looking at that is automatically underwhelmed. I mean, I just gotta say... Laughing. If <laughs> if I saw laughing. people undressing and this is what they had under, I would, it would be like, just. Could you please put your clothes back on? <laughs> Boner be gone. Yeah, <laughs> like if you were trying to cast a spell and wish it away, it worked. Go somewhere, buy a different set of underpants. Maybe we'll try again if I can get this image out of my. I'm head. not even talking. Oh, shit, face. So this is Could like. Could you go down to the Walmart to the exactly. Costco? Grab a just grab get some Hanes, man. Those multi packs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the Hanes. Yeah. Fruit of the Loom. Anything, mm-hmm. please. Boxer brief. It doesn't matter. Just anything, anything probably is better than that. Sorry, Mormons, but your underwear. Mm. Get us together. I mean, just everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> just I'm sorry. You made bad choices. I mean, yeah. Okay, right? Most people are born into it, but I see what you're saying. Well. I mean, no one's going to convert, so that's interesting. Well, that's a choice. <laughs> I make only good choices, unlike our friend Al. I do think that if you went into it, I think you have to like wheel and deal and you've got to write songs, Mormon hymnals. Oh, I can do that. No, no I know. <laughs> You're going to crush it. I Here's the thing. He's going to have 50 wives. You guys just said a bunch of stupid shit about this religion and I don't know what's true and what's not. Everything I told you is true. <sighs> You're talking to two very uh, educated <laughs> individuals on the subject. <laughs> We know so I mean, Mormon underwear that. seem to be true, and I guess it's big enough to have its own article on BuzzFeed. The planets are real, too. You get, well, I know planets are... Oh, Mormon planets. Mormon planets. You get a whole planet. You get planet. a planet. He does. I do. Yeah. All right. I don't get a planet. I don't get to go anywhere unless I marry a man. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was Christianity for, like, oh, its first I mean, thousand years. It still is. still is. Absolutely. Well, yeah, for some sects. <laughs> All right. Uh, as Al is talking to the car salesman, Vera interrupts and tells Al they cannot sell uh, this car and has him leave. As they leave, Vera shows Al a newspaper clipping. Turns out Haskell's uh, dad is about to die. And people are trying to locate uh, Haskell, whose father was president of the San Pedro Exporting Company. He's a rich man. Rich man. So this puts a new idea into Vera's head. Vera wants Al to pose as Haskell's son. Uh, Vera is cray-cray, in my opinion. Al's an idiot. He keeps making very poor choices. Another one of my favorite lines, you're being a goon, Al says to Vera, drunk off her ass. So they go back to the apartment again, and uh, Vera is back to just getting very drunk. She gets... How is she not feeling like death all the time? I know, right? For, she drank a whole fifth of, of very dark whiskey. That's true. Absolutely. It's going to be rough. I mean, I'm assuming she's, he said she couldn't be more than 24. If the phone didn't kill her, the drink did. It would have. All right. Uh, Al dares Vera to call the cops um, as they keep um, having arguments and she keeps nagging. She complies. Then Al stops her. Vera, very drunk at this point, takes the phone um, because she does a uh, thing on Al, tells him to open the window for her. As he does, she grabs the phone. Runs into her bedroom, locks the door to call the we cops. We should note that the phone has a very long, very long cord. cord on it. Mm-hmm. And she, as she's running, she kind of tangles herself in yeah. it in a rush to shut the door and get the phone all at once. Absolutely. As she does this, Al, in a fit of rage, uh, wraps the phone cord around his hand saying, I am going to break this cord. He tries very hard to snap the cord. He does call out a couple times before he does anything. He's like, Vera, open the door. Open the like, door. quit. Sure. Mm-hmm. Stop being an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. And then he takes the cord and he's going to rip it out of the floor. Well, like, why would he think... Okay, assuming that it's not an unreliable narrator, right? And that everything is to be taken on face value. He's tugging the shit out of that phone line. Like... What sort of resistance would you realistically be expecting to get from pulling on a phone line? Eventually, 
eventually it would just slam against the door. Like, it would be, he would be mainly be, like, reeling right. in the cord. Yeah. It, it is, it's insane. Yeah. So Al wraps the phone cord around his hands as we we have established. He tries to break the wire. I really like the shot of his hands. Oh, yeah. Like, because he it's, does, he's really he's pulling his shit there, out yeah. of mm-hmm. it. Uh, it doesn't work. So he uh, decides to break the bedroom door down. When he enters, Vera is dead. He has strangled her. The phone cord got wrapped around her neck, apparently, while she was... It's just a freaky accident again. Rough time. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not an accident. <laughs> With the uh, phone cord unknowingly uh, wrapped around the neck, as Melanie just said. Do you like the position of her body Absolutely. in the mirror? It's... I wrote down a beautiful death. Yeah. Um, it, it also does a callback to earlier in the film when she is looking in that mirror, dollying uh, herself up for the day, and it shows back to that mirror as now she's dead in that mirror. And I, I really like that a lot. It's gorgeous. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yes, Vera's dead. Uh, we After all this, we are finally back in real time. Uh, Haskell is being looked for for the murder of Vera. Al thinks maybe he's gotten away with it. But in a turn of fate at the very end, he is picked up by a highway, highway patrolman, put in the back seat of the car, and the film ends. Uh, any thoughts on this end? It I caught like me it. off guard. I liked I liked how it ended. I like how abrupt it is. I don't like the ending. Mm. Which part? The, like, walking down the road and the cops get him. It feels very, like, Hayes Code, like, you murdered somebody, so there's got to be a punishment. Like, there has like, to be consequences for the actions. Yeah, it's like, I would rather him just not get caught, and it's just him wandering around in his delusions. I, I do th- agree that that would probably be stronger, but I don't mind this ending. Same. Yeah, it it I see it both ways. It I does it does feel like a code thing where they mm-hmm. punishment afoot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, do we have any final thoughts on the movie? I'll just say, as I've already stated, uh, I was a big fan of this. Uh, first time watch, I think, for all of us. Yes. Yes. I learned that the planet or star Kalob is to be the nearest to the throne of God, according to the Mormons. Oh, yeah. So only the highest of the high so, get that one? So their whole thing, it's like that mo- the movie Prometheus is like mm-hmm. real, where God was just a dude right. who came to another planet and was like, bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I did not know about the the cosmic nature oh, yeah. of the plan. I didn't know about the underwear. Yeah. Um, it definitely puts the Romneys in a different light mm-hmm. for yeah. me with the underwear. Love Oh, a sexier light. It could be, I guess. Can you imagine what Mitt's rocking down there? It's exactly that. It's <laughs> How like, do you wear that in a suit? It's a sad package mm-hmm. situation. I don't even think, like, if you had a handsome... I'll, I'll just say it. If you have a handsome dick, I still mm-hmm. don't think it's going to look good in those. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. It's, uh, it's I feel like I learned a lot during mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah. I do... Th- okay, so I have some <clears throat> meal tidbits. Oh, yes. Uh, please, tell okay. us about uh, our main actor here. So... Old Al, in real life, he he had a lot... He was a philanderer. He had a lot of relationships with married women. He got settled down in the late 50s, early 60s. He married a receptionist. She was found dead. He was not at the home. Cops found him the next day, and he said, No, no, you don't understand. I didn't kill her. She had, she had a gunshot wound to her head. He said, I didn't kill oh, wow. her. It was an accident. So he said that... He pulled out a gun and pointed it at himself because they were having an argument. And she grabbed him to like, oh, stop, don't do that. And they had a tussle. The gun went off and accidentally shot her. Then he fled. Damn. This all really happened. He, He was taken to court. He was tried. They said that it was involuntary manslaughter. He got off. So he served... I think he went into prison in 65 or 66. He got out in 71 on parole. He died from heart failure the next year. Wow. Like, he died very suddenly. Isn't that crazy? That is. So he... Ulmer knew the fortune. He apparently accidentally shot his wife to death. Yeah. It's a thing that happens. Should we get into categories? <laughs> Let's do it. All right, I'll go first. Um, So my high, and this is kind of... It's going to sound stupid, but it's really good. Al's five o'clock shadow is immaculate. Mm. His, it is like, I don't know if it's real or if they went in with stippling makeup, 
But it looks so good. He looks so good in the part of just like the typical noir guy. Yeah. I think he's great. I, I do too. I, I do like I really him. I liked him a lot. Yeah, I think he's good in the role. I do think that Anne Savage has more to do than him, which is really interesting. Sure. I like the the role reversals and the flip on on gender and it, there's a lot of interesting things happening there. Yeah. Um, I would say my low again is just for me, I feel like the dialogue, while I, Anne Savage is great at delivering it, I feel like there's a lot of clunky moments and her rapidness is, she's delivering it well, but a lot of the stuff that they are saying in that apartment is ridiculous and silly mm-hmm. to me. So the dialogue was kind of, it just didn't work for me in all sure. places. And then my make them laugh is Joe at the beginning with the waitress. So, mm-hmm. and I know yeah. you said this might be yours oh, too, yeah. but for me, I can't remember the exact setup of it, but he says something like, uh, here, give me some change for this. I need to play a song. And she's like, well, play something different because yep. the last thing you played hurt my head. And he's Whatever. like, oh, that's what's wrong with your head? And it's so funny. Rip after rip. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked their report. It's like a, a tiny little flash at the beginning, but it made me laugh a lot. My high, just them shadows. I liked, like a lot of his shot selection. Also, I really like the weird tidbits that are thrown in like Sue on the phone and not really responding and the way that shot is angled in such a weird way. It's kind of like voyeurism. It's weird. I would say... It's very unsettling, the way it's shot. That's for sure. It's quick, too. Mm -hmm. My low point is really just like the the structure of the story with that being like the overarching narration. I didn't like the ending too much. And... Honestly, it's just like, it feels like an Alfred Hitchcock Presents episode, only just 15 minutes too long. Like, I like the movie, and I like a lot of the stuff that happens in it. I just thought that it could have done a better job driving the story forward. Did you have a make them laugh? Uh, my make them laugh is, I think, just like all the, just the weird continuity things. Not like bad filmmaking, but like the insert shots of Sue on the phone and things like that, that are just like, what is happening? <laughs> yep. Very nice. All right. Uh, so uh, my high moment, I'm going with uh, Vera's death. Uh, really enjoy that scene and the setup of it. Uh, my low point is since I really like this movie a lot, I don't have a lot of complaints. So I'm just going to be echoing Melanie here. Uh, we need more Joe. Oh, uh, absolutely more yeah. Joe. So that uh, bummed me out. It's kind of weird that he doesn't like have another like. Yeah, he just quip pops the in end. there and then then he's done. He's a flash in the. Face. And then also, as uh, Melanie already stated, my uh, make him laugh moment is, uh, you know, uh, just him uh, him ripping into the uh, the uh, clerk. What, there. What is the line? I think you said it earlier. Where he's like, yeah. "Hey, glamorous" or something, <laughs> right. and she just. Hey, glamorous, need some change for a dime, will you? Or got some change for a dime, will you? <laughs> yeah love it and then like as he says that like sh- she goes over to the to the guy that's working with her and as she's like giving him the change like he fumbles something and there's like there's just a little there's a whole little funny skit there i, I just enjoyed that a lot. that is like some more humor scene stealing from yeah. a character oh, absolutely yeah yeah so joe you know you got me i love you wish you were there more we're going to go ahead and we'll just do Al, Vera, and... Haskell. Haskell, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I, I wasn't really planning on it because the main character, I mean, it's really just Al and Vera that you get, but we'll do those three. All right. I'll, I'll start off today. Uh, I, I'm killing Vera. <laughs> Look, she, she's she's a nice looking lady. She's too much trouble. She today. is nothing but trouble. Yeah. Absolutely. Like... I couldn't, I could not handle the stress, the stress, just being chewed out all the time. Just nothing, nothing I could do would be right. Um, Your self-esteem would be, I would, I'd be like just so small and, and I'd let her walk all over me because uh-huh. that's who I am. So I, I would just be miserable constantly. So she's gone. Um, man, I'm going to, I'm probably marrying Mr. Haskell because he's rich. It seems. And or he seems like he could get some money. He's a swindler. Yeah. yeah, he he seems like somebody that like I I I don't know. I'm sure I'd, I'd be all right with you know. And 
you know, if he dies prematurely, hopefully I will be lucky enough to leave me uh, his will. You know, what am I going to do? So, and then, yeah, and then I guess I'm going to F Al. I mean, he's he's a good-looking guy. Good enough for me. I mean, mm-hmm. he's dumb. That's the main problem for me, is he is not a smart individual, and I need someone with a little more intelligence in a relationship. I am going to marry Vera. Nice. So go across the country swindling guys Mm. Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's gonna be very passionate because she is she's laying it on thick with him even though he's not really into it yeah which he should have just i don't know what like i i do think he's just he's an idiot Mm -hmm. i think he's making all the wrong moves screw loose i definitely think he's got these delusions of grandeur about his life where had he played the cards right he could have I think he could have rolled into some money there. I do think Vera, as crazy as she is, I think that she was still smart. So, marrying Vera, I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna bang Al, and I'm gonna kill Haskell, or let him fall on the rock. (laughs) I'll let all of that happen. But I... Actually, what I think should happen is it's a situation where me and Vera... Like, have a tussle Hmm. with Al. Ah! Steal all of his shit. Oh, man. Now we're take, getting somewhere. Take all of the the Haskell belongings that Al had, and then we start our Thelma Louise journey. See what I'm saying? I think these are acceptable answers. Free Al of his mortal coil. You're gonna murder him. Somebody needs to free him from his insanity. Put him he out of his misery. To his yeah, it's like go see Sue now. Okay. Um, I'm going to fuck Vera. Nice. Because. <laughs> I also have I, I think I have enough confidence in the situation that I could just leave. Okay. And I then, do think had he just left, she's not gonna do anything. Really. Yeah. That's true. And it's then, all manipulation. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna marry Haskell nice. because his daddy's rich and like I'll freaking fight sabers with him. That'll be fun. Take that however you will. Okay. I, I did take it. Okay. I took it as penises and actual sword sabers. fighting. I took it that dicks are out, swords are out. Hell yeah. Ooh. Yeah. High Raising s- the stakes. High stakes. It's, it's like the wrestling or the, the fighting match I saw in high school in the locker room, except with swords instead of hands. Yeah. Love it. Hands and chairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we are out in the desert. We could just move to Utah and just get a couple's pack of those undies oh uh, man you guys can share yeah yep spice up the relationship a little bit or take all of the spice out of it immediately That's right so what happens if you do wear like boxers or boxer briefs like do you get listen, in trouble i'll tell you i don't know do all, you not get your own planet i don't know all the ins and outs of the magic mormon underwear i don't know it legitimately if you have any interest in this if this sounds interesting it is you mm-hmm. should look it up you should read about mormonism because it is fascinating I love reading There's about a, also religions. a, uh, I wouldn't say it's a great documentary, but it's informative. There's a documentary on Netflix about, um, oh, I, what's the name of I, it? I can't remember. I would not say that's a great no, documentary. No, it's not a great documentary at all. But, but it's, it's interesting. Interesting, interesting yeah. absolutely. I, we don't know the title of it, yeah. so we're not going to help you. But, How has yeah. nobody, like, had to sit down with Mitt Romney and asked him these questions? Oh, I think that, uh, It's like, I want to know about the underwear, man. Next week on Cinema Parlor, we sit down with Mitt Romney and ask him about his underwear. His magic Mormon underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Not wait for this. There's so many questions I have for this man. What else do you have other than the underwear? What do you want to know about Mitt? How many wives do you have? The one. How many kids you got? Seven. A lot. How many planets do you plan on planting? It's one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop. Is he from it. Utah? Yeah. Willard Mitt Romney was born in Detroit, Michigan on March 12, 1947. I believe so. <laughs> He's close to the Mecca. Yeah. We, we have to end this now we because this is... We need to go. This has gone off the rails. I don't even know. I we hope we have... didn't offend it. I mean, I'd, Most I'd, of this I'd... probably won't make it, so... Should I cut the Mormon stuff? Because it's been a lot. Or no. should I leave it in? I'm Raw and funny. unfiltered, baby. If we lose any listeners, you've got to think it's just a handful. That, that might be that the can. only handful no. that we have, no. Nolan. <laughs> I love all Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> the family jumps. You're you are 100. You are going to start a multi-million-dollar 
corporation where you write Mormon hymnals. It's about time I got rich. Yeah. I found my place. Oh, I think, I, I mean, are you going to relocate to Utah? Yeah, sorry guys. Okay. We can still do this over, you know, Skype. Right I don't now. know if you can continue to do this oh, once you're Oh yeah, they, mogul, they would not probably enjoy Especially that. if this comes up. That's true. But you did correct it by saying you do love all Mormons and you support their views. That's right. You do you. Mm-hmm. I 100%. Everybody do everybody. There are some that I think are not religions that are actual cults, but we won't get into that right well, now. Well, I mean, isn't this a cult? Like Mormon, not oh, the show. I was like, Sonoma Parlor is a cult, yeah. No, no, no. Most people just follow Nolan's. Like, isn't Mormonism, like, classified as a cult? That's a different show. All right. Right in it there. This has been Cinema Parlor. <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on iTunes, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, you can find us Twitter. Give me a second, sorry. Uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Find me on Letterboxd as Clover 84 You can find me on all uh, social media platforms uh, at Plastic Werewolf. And if you would, uh, rate, review the show. Um, I didn't check to see if there's any. We didn't check. I just checked and there's not. No one has cared to give us any uh, reviews lately. If you would, I'll read them on air. I promise it. And it'll make your day and ours. So... With that being said, uh, guys, enjoy the episode, and uh, everyone have a lovely uh, rest of Noir November and Happy New Year. I can't believe that you're in love with me.